this is Kelly Dixon coming at you with the Breaking Bad Insider Podcast. Um, this is our last podcast for this, uh, I guess, this half season that we've done, 508. Wow. Which <laughs> Last one. Which is called Gliding Over All, right? Yeah. I'm here with Vince Gilligan. Hello. I'm here with the writer of this episode, Moira Wally Beckett. Well done. Nice. Nice. And then uh, I'm also here with, uh, are you co-executive producer now? I am, Co-executive yeah. producer, Sam Catlin. That's me. Have Thanks, you been listening Kelly. to the podcast, Sam? Uh, I've listened to, I don't think I've listened to any. Oh, okay. That, only, maybe only that's a good one. Concern, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Are they good? <laughs> <laughs> say some of your writer's room friends have been bagging on you a little bit on the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Like schnauz? Why would we do that? <laughs> <laughs> Just a wee bit. Uh, Just a little bit. It's always done with love. Yeah, it's love. It's Great love. affection. It's done with lust. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, this is our last one. This is our last one for this half of the season. Last one for 10 months, I yes. guess. Yeah. This we've run uh, eight episodes, which is two months worth of episodes, and uh, I think we'll be, as far as I know, we'll be back in the air for our final eight uh, around about the time in 2013 that we started airing in 2012. So. Yeah, like second or third week of August, July, July, right? Yeah. So this is, by my math, uh, ten months, ten months off. But we we actually aren't off. No, Everybody God knows we're not. We're off. We've been stuffed back <laughs> in the room. Yeah. We're, we're working away. We're not writers. off. Just so people out there know, I know I've said it on the podcast before, but we um, we have just recently finished posting or mixing uh, episode eight, which was last week, I think, last week. Yeah, it was a week ago, uh, two two Mondays ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is a what? Where were you? This is Wednesday as yeah. we're recording this. Yeah. But. You guys have been in the writer's room since the first part of August, right? You guys came back to the writer's room in August 6th. Yeah, we've been back about three and a half weeks now. So how's that going? It's it's <laughs> tough sledding. Wouldn't you guys say? I mean, we're, at, we're, we're taping this at lunch uh, a few days before the final episode airs. So uh, it has not aired yet as we tape this. And uh, so we're just plugging away. And it's tough. It's, we're, it's hard because you just you want to get it all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't want to. I've been saying. I've said this a couple times now. You don't want to wake up in a cold sweat a year and a half from now and say, "Oh my God, that's the way we should have done it, mm-hmm. not that thing we did this way," because <laughs> you only get the one shot, you know. So yeah. yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm always surprised at how hard it consistently is. But I thought when we knew we had a fixed amount of time left, a fixed amount of episodes, that it would be somehow. I don't know. It's just the fantasy of somehow it'll all just be easy. I thought so too. I thought yeah. all of a sudden it'd be drop boom. into place. We we have a limited amount of time. Know what story we want to tell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. No. Nightmare. Care, careful what so you too. wish for, or something like that. <laughs> oh no! What we wish for? Wait a minute. Does that track? Is it careful <laughs> what you wish? We're not getting what we wish <laughs> for. That's yeah. all I know. Oh, okay, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but you know, uh, if it were easy, it wouldn't be. Is worthwhile, we're, or yeah. I don't know, whatever. We're so. in they the wouldn't pay phase. us all this money. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a phase. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. So, just so everybody knows, we are not slacking. We are actually very hard at work. Um, uh, like I said, we just finished uh, mixing 508 um, la- a couple weeks a couple weeks ago, Monday, and the guys, uh, the writers, have been hard at work in the writers' room, and you guys will write 
be writing probably what all the way through to like about February, right? I mean, they start shooting, start shooting the show in December. Yeah, right after or right late, after late late November. Late yeah, November. right November. after Thanksgiving, you will start production back up. So you yeah. have to have like the first two at least by then, right? Uh, we gotta have way more than that. But oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you know what? Speaking uh, of cold sweat, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't cry for us. We'll figure it out. But but. Vince, is it uh, still on track that you want to direct the last two episodes? I do. I want to direct the final two. Uh, I, I can't say with 100% certainty that I will be able to. It depends on how, uh, like Sam was saying a minute ago, it depends on how, uh, you know, if we really get rolling on these scripts or not. They just got to be right, you know. We, it's tricky. We always say in the writer's room, uh, the perfect is the enemy of the good, meaning at a certain point you, you got to stop beating yourself up you know how do you there is no such thing no such thing as perfection regardless it's like a platonic ideal you don't really ever achieve it but in the race to make the show as good as you can make it you know there's a possibility you could run out the clock and then you got nothing so i don't know whatever these you are have the, to pace yourself yeah you know <laughs> i don't know but uh, yeah, I don't we're know. really pacing ourselves. <laughs> yeah. We're not trying to, I don't want to get too ourselves. winded. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys haven't said that though. we're we're in there. We're working our butts oh off. But God. but it's just we're not we're not we're not putting up the cards and you know at record breaking speed. That's for sure. But we're 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 wasting a surprisingly small amount of time. There's always a little bit of time wasted in any writer's room where you talk about movies, or you talk about other TV shows, or you talk about various BS. You know, mm-hmm. what happened to you that week or whatever. But we are wasting surprisingly little time uh, because I think we all, on some level, feel the fear of uh, failure. You know, <laughs> the, the, you know, I don't want that to be the case. So yeah, anyway. we don't we don't want to go out with a whimper. No, I want to go with a bang. That's right. Big, big freaking bang. A big M60 bang? Hint, hint. Well, that's that's one of the things we've been talking about. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we can't talk too much about what we've been talking about because we don't know what (laughs) we're going to keep and what we're not going to. We'd have to kill everybody listening. Well, you do have the best team, right? Uh yeah. You're <laughs> trolling, trolling for <laughs> Of course, I have the best team. Absolutely. Who's your favorite? <laughs> so I, I have every, every, uh, I have all the faith in the world that you're gonna, you're gonna do it. We're gonna do our best. I can tell you that. But like I said, just so everybody knows, we're not slacking. You guys will be writing probably until about you know January, end of January, and probably then you've got to that, go yeah. and, and prep. If you're going to shoot them, you've got to go and prep those episodes, yeah. the last two. I so. want to do the, the last one for sure. I'm hoping I can do the last two, which would be uh, what you call block shooting, or, or rather um, cross-boarding, I suppose is the right way to put yeah. it. Cross-boarding, we're, we've talked about this in some other podcasts, right. but I'm hoping I can do the last two. Yeah. Right. So. right on. But My what about this crossed. one? This was a damn fine episode. Yeah. My fingers crossed. More, this is more, more this is our, wrote a great episode. This is our finale, sort of finale for the half season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and directed in a, a very different finale too. A different kind of finale. Uh, Moira did a great job writing it, and then Michelle McLaren did a great job directing it, and Kelly, uh, uh, you did a great job editing it. Thanks, Vince. I did an okay job, huh? <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, it was okay. You're yeah. right. It, was, it wasn't great, and it was okay. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. It was awesome. You did a great job. This is the first time you've ever directed a season, uh, uh, edited a season ender. Yeah, not my choice. But you know, what do you mean? That's your choice. <laughs> That's my choice. And you didn't put any pressure on me at all. Kelly kept like 
sneaking over and she's like what's gonna happen what's gonna happen is it gonna kick ass it's gonna be a good when did this Psych. start at what point when we were in the writer's room yeah mm, yeah, but, yeah. Nah, that's not true we it, was like toward it. The, it was at the end yeah, anyway true. we should start in on the episode um uh but the first thing i wanted to mention was you brought back like sort of a little homage to the fly you brought back a little bit of the fly back well it's good we got both these folks here because moira and sam wrote the fly episode and uh and um, probably the most polarizing episode that we've ever had too. See, to me, it's nothing but great. That's one of I my favorite. It. It's one of my favorite episodes of all the time. One of my favorites too. And I don't. Anyone who listens to this podcast probably knows I don't listen. I don't read the internet. I don't read any of those opinions. And uh, when I hear through someone like you that people, that a lot of people didn't dig that one. I'm like, you know, first of all, hey, free country. But I, I always scratch my head over that because uh, to me that was one of her finest hours. And you guys. You need to talk just a little bit about that one, because remember, we were all scratching oh. our heads trying to break that one. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, that was hard. Well, we'd been given such a confining set of circumstances. And, you know, bottle episode, as we may have talked about at the time in a podcast, mm. you know, it's, it's restricted monetarily, which means that it's also restricted to sets that we own or our stages. We're not really supposed to go out on location. We're yeah. trying to save money. And... In true uh, Vince Gilligan Breaking Bad fashion, we took that to the extreme and thought, what if we did this all in one location? Yeah. And we chose the Super Lab and took it from there. But yeah. it was unprecedented breaking in detail. You know, we write these things out on index cards. We break down the scenes and decide what's going to happen. And that was our infamous two board our two border episode that's right we well we that used, took two boards took two really boards which one. is Don't basically illegal yeah, yeah no, <laughs> it, should, it should not have been allowed by no. geneva convention yeah. that's right tell, tell them what a board what that means uh, well, I don't know how I don't know how big the boards are. It's a cork they're like, they're board, like three by five feet. I yeah, think three by four and a half, whatever. Just standard cork board, like we, a quartet cork board. Yeah, and, and we yeah. have them mounted on the wall around the writers' room, and we what's called boarding out the scenes. Vince uh, writes down what we ultimately decide each scene is going to be on an index card with OCD precision, and I think we're trying to get you your own font yes. for the future. <laughs> and we also do this thing where when he's decided that the Sharpie has is no longer compatible with his interests and has the ink has become depleted, it's my job to A, get a new <laughs> Sharpie, and B, hold the giant pretzel jar with all the used-up Sharpies in it, and Vince will hurl it at me at the target, of the open pretzel jar from across the room. This is what happens in the writer's this room. This is what we do. It's all part Good of the writing process. It's a process, That's right. right. It, just, it has to be done. It's yeah. just another way he asserts his dominance over us all. That's right. <laughs> then there was the time he shot Peter in the face with that dark gun. But anyway. That's right. I did, I did not mean to do that. I don't know. And you guys had Ryan. Tragic Jeff. workplace it was tragic. accident. He, he, I liked him when he was still alive. Was, yeah. Right. Um, uh, Ryan Johnson did Ryan Johnson. an outstanding job. did an outstanding job. job. And that segues to, we we wanted to have you on. We had a little minor little snafu when uh, we did episode 504 this year. You, We wanted you on, but we thought you were out of town. Sam? Right. Yeah. There was a, <laughs> that, there that's was a contract dispute, telling. and <laughs> they were trying to have me terminated, so I'm actually here by the order of the court. <laughs> 
But uh, you had you had Ryan Johnson. Ryan was Ryan in. Who, who, who directed the Fly episode as well? He directed oh, yeah. the Fly, which what? I didn't really get to work with him during the Fly because it was just Moira on set. Oh, that's yeah. right for yeah. the Fly. So I'm really working with him the first time this season. Yeah. It's great. I mean, he's just. He is awesome. But who did he like better, you or Moira? I well, You're just trying to start I think shit, he liked us you? both equally, <laughs> if you know what I mean. He liked us both equally. Now that we've like bored everybody. So yeah. many early comfortable then. silences with Ryan anyway, Johnson. Anyway, I only brought that up because. I'm sorry, that was me getting us off on a tangent. Because The Fly. In the Fly is, is, a shout, of, is a shout back. And it, it's a shout out there, which is one callback. of many callbacks that are within episode 508. But the thing about the, this fly is this fly is not real this fly is totally manufactured digitally well as 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 it was in the uh yes, the but, fly episode as well yeah, but this is like so close i guess we they were so close up then too but yeah, this was yeah. just amazing no i know it's uh, these guys uh, uh different folks did the fly um uh, uh animation the cg animation in the fly episode and that was absolutely stellar and fantastic and then bill pulowski uh uh, on, the, on that one episode, it was Matt Beck and his crew. Matt Beck, who used to be our uh, visual effects uh, producer, uh, uh, creator on uh, the X-Files. And he's a genius, and Bill Pulowski's a genius. And both flies in both episodes just look freaking fantastic. I don't know how they do all that stuff. It's like magic. It really is like magic. I was going to mention, like, the next scene is Mike dead in the in the trunk. I think a lot of people were, like, saying, well... You know, Walt's leaving evidence. If you leave evidence, you know, out there at the river, but no, we find out that he's loaded him into the truck and that um, trunk uh, the trunk of his car, yeah, and yeah. that uh, uh, um, Todd has actually taken Mike's car into the junkyard and uh, had them make it into a cube. But it was like the surface of the sun at Vamanos on location. Very hot. That yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Well, at least the trunk was open, right? Well, it didn't start open. He was in that trunk for a long showbiz. time. Showbiz. <laughs> He's in showbiz. He pays your dues. That's right. And then, yeah. uh, and then so we get Jesse coming over, um, and, uh, you know, Jesse's, like, you know, asking Walt questions, and Walt just kind of gives him the cold shoulder. I mean, basically is like, you know, well, you know, what is this we? You know, it's only yeah. me now. What's his we, pale face? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's, uh, you know, Walt is, uh, has got to think he's feeling kind of betrayed, you know, by Jesse, by Jesse leaving him. So now he's going to. Yeah, in know, Walt's world. Yeah, how dare he come and, and say, what are we going to do now? What what we? There is no we. Look at how I've suffered. Look at what I've just endured. Yeah. And where were you? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know. And then you have um, what what I like to call the, the Godfather, mm. you know, scene where he's basically shutting the door on Jesse just like. Just like severing. they shut, I like, the, yeah. I like yeah. to think of the door shut the door on Diane Keaton symbolically. You know, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Good point. And mm-hmm. then, uh, which is not the only Godfather moment in the episode, but we'll mm. get to that. <laughs> hey, you want to talk about? You said a minute ago there were a lot of visual shout-outs or, mm. or or other kind of shout-outs to previous episodes. So you talked about the fly, and that was a shout-out to y'all's episode, uh, fly episode. What what other ones? Um, well, there's also the paper towel dispenser from Sam's episode. That's right. I think in the second season. Four days out. 209. Yeah. Four days out. Then Dr. Del Cavoli's mm-hmm. office. Yeah, where Walt punches it. And then the it. pilot with, um, with, the, with Walt on the table, 
you know, Walt on the yeah, on the mm-hmm. ride. that's a yeah. shout out visual. You're right. Same uh, shot we used upside down Walt uh, sliding into frame on the uh, MRI, yeah. MRI machine or, oh. got, or PET um, scanner or whatever it is. Yeah, we've got a shout out. One of Lydia's lines is the same line that Tuco says when she says, "We're going to make a lot of money together." Mm. Yeah. Um, we've got the wind chimes and imagery from the backyard. Yeah, the, that's right. The um, hose dripping. Yeah. The wind chimes, and then we do a beetle instead of the snail, which is like mean? a double shout out to Jesse's in. Um, in oh yeah, when he's with uh, when waiting he's skinny for, cra- for, for skinny pee. Yeah, and and yeah. that's in number oh. six. Skinny pee. I didn't realize that's that. In two I just thought we couldn't get a snail. Oh yeah, <laughs> well it smells her. You know. All right. Oh, there's also another and capricious, but well, there's another line in that data. Lydia scene. Jumping back to that, where Walt says, "Don't, don't learn how to take yes oh, for yeah. an answer," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is something an that echo. Uh, an echo that Mike said to him. Is that not right? Mike That's Mike said right. it to him. Yeah. Before he punched him off his bar stool. Yeah. yeah. Like in uh, <laughs> 401. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. gosh, 402. 402. 402. 402. Yep. Exactly. You got all kinds of good uh, uh, yeah. shout-outs in this one. So yeah. we go from there. We're we're in um, a interrogation room um, with Hank and uh, probably a st- uh, is it a state's attorney and uh, Dennis and his yep. lawyer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, they're trying to get Dennis is trying to make a deal, basically. Yeah. For information. Yeah. And Hank's not going for it. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get anything out of you guys. I got three writers in the room. I can't get anything. I know. Out of you guys. I know. You know what it is? We made the mistake of eating lunch just for a came in here. I think <laughs> we all have low blood. You want to take a nap? You want to take a nap? No, um, take a nap, nap and just. You know. Yeah, I think Hank's feeling like the world's his oyster at this point. You know, he's got every reason in the world to think that he's going to be successful and he doesn't really need this this pissant and his deal that he's trying to make he's got you know everybody he's got else locked nine up. other people plus a lawyer plus, yeah. plus the lawyer too. like he like, says at the end right. you know he's just going to go rattle some cages and mm-hmm. and then we have i think is that the next scene with lydia the next scene mm-hmm. yeah that's quite a scene that's uh that is michelle mcclaren's favorite restaurant in uh, albuquerque She's so excited that that's and, the location uh, that we picked and uh, i really am impressed by that scene the writing in that scene is great uh and brian cranston and laura frazier who plays lydia did a great job how long did it take to shoot that scene a long time yeah. all day it was an eight hour i had eight hours worth of dailies yeah I think, in that eight hours worth of no, dailies. No, i'm sorry five hours worth of dailies and it, it was like all day long. It was it was all day, um, with plus just off the top of the day we shot a little bit of the montage pieces there. Oh right, the right, right. Blue persuasion montage yeah. going in and out. Of, but um, yeah, that scene took all day. I mean, how many pages was that? I don't eight, know, eight, eight and a half, just five yeah. hours worth of dailies. So. Not unprecedented for a show. It's but, like an eight-minute scene, really, I think, really or something like scene. that. It is. It was even longer in the first version. There's always a little bit of clipping that that comes. Most the most edit, every yeah. episode comes little bits of dialogue here and there come out of quite a few scenes. Uh, yeah, that was. But you couldn't shoot it. Did Did you guys go past dark? No. No. Okay, because you had those big glass windows, you couldn't. That's right. But I was thinking, if you got to the close-ups, you could you could. Once we pumped some light in by the end of the day, but because we had we started really early that morning to catch those montage pieces. Gotcha. Um, it was we needed to make sure we had daylight. You know, we're going to have a tougher time. Speaking of which, we're going to be shooting from mm. late November on through mid March for the final eight. And it's your shortest days, shortest, shortest short days of the year, right mm-hmm. in the middle of there. And it's I'm freezing. And it's freezing. And it's freezing. Yeah. We did that two seasons ago, right? Wasn't that sort of a span yeah, probably. Of 
probably. Because I we've remember never that shot. there was snow on the ground well, outside we, Jesse's duplex. Well, we've never shot, you know, before Christmas like that. We've never shot. The only time that we ever did that was the first season year where we shot up until sometime in October. When did the writers go on strike? But yeah, yeah. But we've always started in January. Like right. We've never yeah. shot like in the month of December. Yeah. Or anything yeah. Like that. Which also makes it trickier. If you, if you, which you probably, folks listening probably have noticed this because God bless you guys for being so attentive to the show and the details of it. We, we've gone to great, we should talk about that. We've got how the great links we've gone to to never <laughs> place this in any given year or any given oh, month. Me, or yeah. any I know. Given, yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> now, why the hell do we do that? Because it's, I know, I, 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 why in hindsight did we, and actually to be fair, in the pilot, there's little things like uh, in the pilot, uh, I think Walt had a handicap parking tag that he hung from his rearview mirror that had the year on it, and that was probably 2007 we were shooting that. Yeah. You know, I remember in the X-Files, we would... have been here a long time. I know. Can you believe it? It's <laughs> no. like 2012 now. It's getting toward the end of 2012. It's insane. I think, didn't we make the decision a while ago just to... I mean, this, this, the show plays out clearly... We know now. We know, you know, it looks like, you know, give us some wiggle room here, but it looks like the end of the series is almost pretty much exactly two years to the day, or thereabouts, Mm -hmm. from the very first episode. That's what you can read into, if you choose to, that that, that teaser we had at the beginning of this season five. So it's just like, I guess we, we just... The whole world exists in a kind of timeless limbo. We don't know what year it is. You know, we try our best to avoid those kind of, you know, details. I mean, uh, every details. once in a while something slips by, like yeah. Albuquerque's best restaurant in 2010 or something. Mm-hmm. But I know yeah. that people have noted that on the, the wall of Los Poyos. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, those are just... God you bless know. people for noticing all our mistakes. <laughs> by the way. Uh, but uh, yeah, we have gone to great lengths, like in the backyard at the White House when we were shooting during the winter months. We would green it up, you know, yeah. and make sure that it just it always kind of looks the same. And one year we, were, the year that Jane died, um, and Jesse was living at the duplex, it had snowed, and we had all exteriors to shoot. Oh God, yeah. And <laughs> so the guys that. got out there with hot water and hoses, and we literally hosed the snow off of Jesse's house wow. and all the surrounding foliage and just, you know, mm. wow. Awful lot of work timeless. goes into that. You yeah, were saying I mean, that, Sam was saying the other day, this is like the most anti-topical show on TV. Yeah. You know yeah. Well, I know what we were talking about, maybe playing a time stamp or something. And, and, and something, we, yeah. Which would have made the scene easier. Yeah. But or more authentic, I can't remember. But yeah, but, it but it was there. Yeah, I I love the fact that the show is you can't really place it. It's not like people are talking about oh, Obama's aft at it again with his <laughs> crazy health care plan. <laughs> <laughs> There's none of that, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. sort of. Uh, uh, hey, I like no that. holidays except for Walt's birthday. There's no holidays. No. Yeah, but we never even said what month or day for that was. For the longest yeah. time, yeah, because I kept wondering for yeah. the longest time when is Junior going to get out of school or when is there when is school going to be out? When is summer vacation? And it just never happened. So yeah. I'm just no asking. Christmas. Yeah. I know. White House. I'm a little sorry about that. I, you know, a Christmas <laughs> episode would might have been nice. Yeah, I don't very think very we'll... special. Breaking <laughs> <Thinking> Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Very special blue Christmas. Yeah. 
Where where they give they go around uh, dressed as Santa Claus and uh, Jesse's the elf and they give all the all the junkies uh, a free dose. Yeah, a free eight ball. That's yeah, beautiful. Man. I know, isn't yeah. it? Hey, somebody that write this down. That counts for sentimentality from Vince Gilligan. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, we find out at the end of that long scene that um, Lydia, I mean, uh, Lydia was possibly in danger from Walt. He was possibly going to put ricin, use that ricin that we've never used yet. I know. Use that huh? ricin that... Uh, when are we going to shoot that gun, that Chekhovian uh, <laughs> gun? We keep pulling it off the shelf and, you know, dusting it off and then putting it back on the shelf. <laughs> a goddamn little vial of ricin. When are we going to use that thing? Yeah, what's kind of great is that Lydia goes into the scene feeling at risk. She guesses right. You know, she That's is what I love about the way person. he wrote that. I really love the way he wrote that scene. She she guessed perfectly right, yeah. although she didn't. She didn't. She didn't. Well, and she he makes guess. her look foolish. She makes her well. You know, she yeah. didn't guess that he was going to kill her right. Then. Right. But he, she yeah. guessed that she was one more person who knew too much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that she was going to be added and, to the list. And that um, he probably had done something to Mike. Like Mike wasn't in the picture. Yes. Oh, she knows. She she's knows. a smart. She's an astute lady. But I love the way he wrote it. She's he's she she is right on every count. But even she doesn't realize how bold he is. He's actually going to kill her right then and there. Yeah. Except she well, won't. She'll. She. He will dose her with what will kill like her. Symptoms. Yeah, in within a day. within a couple of days, she'll be dead based on something he's going to do there. Right. But I love how derisive and sarcastic he is. Oh, I'm just going to do this oh. right here, right? Uh, really? Immediately? Really? Immediately? He's such a dick. He is. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? There's a little detail yeah. on the top of that scene where she <clears throat> she offers him a drink and then. She brings it up again, and he declines. Is that in your mind? Oh yeah. What is, is she going to poison him? No, no, no. Him? Is she going to poison him? But 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 there's <laughs> but there's something I don't know. There there it was like she brought up once and then she brought up again, and he's like, no, no, I'm fine. Or what? What is the line that he says? It'll she it'll says, read fine. Have a yeah, coffee? she says I think it. I think you should have a coffee. I think this will play better if you have a coffee. Yeah. And he's like, not just now. Yeah. And, See, to uh, me, yeah, I'm sure. Go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 you. <laughs> no, you. I was, I was kibitzing. Go ahead, you're, you're doing good. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I, I was, I just think, knowing how the ending is, you know, yeah. that it's just, it's kind of cool to launch it with, um, with, with the beverages. With the beverage. uh -huh. Oh, see, I thought you were gonna say, I'm sorry, I was kibitzing, but I thought you were gonna say, see, to me, what I love about it, it does what you just said, but it's also, it's just her nervous nature. You know, everything's got to be just so, and, and, you know, if we have to look like we are a normal couple, you know, enjoying a normal beverage and an average conversation, and she's just so persnickety that way. That's yes. what I love about her. I love the way you wrote that. But I also love that he turns it down. It's almost like he's projecting, you know what I mean? He's like, no, 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 I'm not going to be drinking anything. That <laughs> you're, I don't know. I'm reading way, way into it, but yeah, I love that I wonder scene. how he's going to get it in her tea there. Oh, look over there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh baby squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. My favorite moments. But the ricin goes back behind the light so the light uh, socket. Yeah. Plate. The wall plate. Cover. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, which we had established a while back. And then we go into a, a scene with some of the scariest folks, individuals we've ever seen on this show. So... You know, a couple of weeks ago when we were editing this episode, you had talked to me about um, how you were treading a little lightly about using prison and 
the prison guys and the whole thing about prison. Can you elaborate a little bit about that? Well, just speaking for myself, not for Moira, and Moira can speak to this. And Moira, yes, Moira, by the way, knows all the prison stuff. Well, know, Moira just... did a real good job researching this stuff, and then we got we got to talk about Julie, in the wardrobe department. Oh yeah, we got to talk about her. So, but before we so we you know, talk about her, but before I, what what you were just saying, Kelly, I just just speaking for myself, I am happy to say I know next to nothing about prison or being in prison <laughs> or prison culture or you never want to know never want to know no offense to anyone listening who is in prison but i just uh you know well, you i don't know think you want to be there either so you know what you know from watching movies i know and, and it always worries me yeah to, to answer the question seriously uh, it, you, you don't i always feel you know there's this we were talking about this the other day uh, there there's always a question you know there's always the old saw about write what you know but sometimes you, you want to not just write what you know, because especially when you've lived a rather sheltered life like <laughs> me, you know, it'd be pretty boring pretty quickly, all the stuff you'd be writing. So that's why uh, Breaking Bad worked from the get-go for me, was that, yeah, it's writing about a world I don't personally know of, meth dealing and cooking and all that. But Walt started off a real virgin, you know, and on this journey. He started off a real layperson. He's, he knew nothing about criminality and and as he learned it i learned it and as i learned it he learned it and i think mm-hmm. we could say that about all the writers we all kind of groped our way through it but yeah once you cut to inside a prison I, I mean just speaking for myself i feel like all i know about prison is what i've seen in tv and movies and you don't want to be regurgitating other scenes of tv and movies so there was a lot of a lot of hand wringing certainly on my part i think on all of our parts about how do we make this scene coming up the scene with these these prison gang uh, muckety-mucks and then the scene with the, the montage of the prison shankings you know how do you make it believable and realistic and 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 how do you uh, make it look like something somewhat familiar because i mean other tv shows and movies are based on you know certainly folks you know have based stuff on reality as they perceived it but how do you how do you make it look how do you differentiate it how do you make it look a little more fresh or original or realistic or authentic so go how do you do that? How do you do that, uh, Moira? Well, you shoot in a real jail, uh, for one thing. We shot in a jail that was, uh, it's right in downtown Albuquerque, and it's been closed for two years. And I think it's... No criminals in Albuquerque? No, I guess they're, I guess they're, they clean that <laughs> town up. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's one of the most heinous places I've ever been in my life. And it was closed. It was closed, but that was part of the problem because it was shuttered. There was no air conditioning. This place, it smelled like death and feet. And <laughs> and there were, it, and there, the, the sheer volume of the number of dead cockroach carcasses yeah. on yeah. every floor. I mean, yeah. you couldn't walk without crunching. It was just the, this place. Would you like to better if they had been alive? Well, you know, at the very (laughs) end, and Michelle, of course, wanted to go into every single, like, little nook and cranny to see what would be the coolest place to shoot. And and it was just the stench. I think a couple of crew members actually got sick. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, we were we were covering our our mouths and our faces. Yeah, it it was really, really? it, it was so horrifying. It was truly, truly disgusting. And, um... 
and at one point at the very end there was there was like the 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 apocalyptic cockroach that had survived. I think it was feasting <laughs> on all its dead yeah, brethren. Wow. You know, Nasty. it was the biggest thing I've ever, biggest So you enjoyed, you enjoyed So it. I loved it there. <laughs> and uh, really got a feel. But did they have to uh, air it out or fumigate or they something? They did, yeah. Stu, um, our producer. Stu Lyons. Stu Lyons, the wonderful Stu. Um, he, he went to a lot of trouble to make it a safe and an environment we would live through (laughs) so they ended up smashing out some windows with permission and ran air ducting in for us um you know they had cleaners come in and it clean everything up and and then of course we had to make three different prisons within one prison yeah right Right. so we had to paint different color schemes to make them distinguishable from each other and then wardrobe did an incredible amount of research, and yeah, Julie, Julie and, and, and yeah. Jennifer, yeah, um, and and you know came up with uh, enough wardrobe for hundreds of inmates yeah. in three different prisons, three different colors, all different stenciling, matching shoes, sandals, yeah. And, and Jennifer is our uh, wonderful uh, uh, costume she's designer. Designer, I'm sorry, she's our designer. Julie, who who works under Jennifer, uh, I think did uh, duty above and beyond the call as well because she availed herself of. She became the expert, the sort did. of the the ad hoc expert uh, on the crew. Of, so she, it wasn't, it went beyond wardrobe. It, you well know, beyond. Uh, so, you know, how do they wear their beards uh, in, mm. in, Al, in Albuquerque uh, men's detention, you know. What about right all now? the it, tattoo work that had the, to get done? The tattoo work, oh, that Tara was a group Day effort. Yeah. and her team. Uh, it was, that was a phenomenal undertaking as well. So you guys didn't like go do a casting call for people like that well we did we no the extras <laughs> casting yeah. was also remarkable we yeah. hired a, a lot i mean there's a lot of tattooing in albuquerque we Swastika found tattoos. fantastic well here's the thing everybody <laughs> who we cast who had existing tattoos all of those had to be photographed all of those had to be cleared by standards and practices so that nothing you know we weren't advertising anything and so well cleared also because uh, that stuff is is copyrightable artwork yes so you got to get the artist permission just like if you had a painting on the wall in the background you'd have to make sure it was it passed muster like the 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 owner of the copyright as it were uh you know has to sign off on it so it's it's amazing the amount of work that goes into this yeah yeah, and background detail and then we wanted to have um aryan nation tattoos on all of our hero guys and our stunt guys and the guys who were going to do the killings who were part of Jack's gang and Jack and his gang and Tara you know we researched the sorts of things that we were like and then Tara had them made and applied them um, yeah, it should be stressed that all those guys with swastika tattoos <laughs> only skinhead did, across their forehead. Yeah, they, 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 those were not real. They, they, they don't they didn't go home real. with those on. Yeah. They oh yes they did, and we oh, were actually did? kind of afraid for a couple of guys who had to fly. Oh, oh they, really? Our lead actors, seriously, Michael and Kevin. You know, they went home with like out. swastikas you on their necks. Those things off. For a couple of days. Seriously? We're yeah. I was like, dude, you're totally getting stopped in security. Put a Band-Aid. Oh they put a Band-Aid <laughs> yeah. or something. TSA. You know, Kevin yeah. had, like, skin head on his hand. Wow. 
Yeah. yeah. TSA lets those guys right through and stops a <laughs> grandma behind That's them. That's right. <laughs> Originally, when you wrote that scene, those that set of scenes, because there were like, I think it was like five different scenes within like that one little section. Yep. Um, uh, and I guess I'm I'm talking about the montage, so I'm skipping over the scene in the hotel, which was which was really great. Well, I didn't I didn't mean to skip past it because Michael Bowen, man, okay. what a great actor! Holy what a pleasure crap. having him on the show. Yeah, and uh, and Kevin, both fantastic. Oh yeah, Kevin uh, Kevin uh, Rankin, man, we what were a, so lucky to get who those was guys. great. Kevin Rankin, who was great on uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Justified. I think it's an excellent show. Is Kevin. that the guy that was sitting on the bed? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like the his business he did. I like that. That stuff he did with like he cracking his lot. back and like you know he brought a lot because there's not a lot like in that, that scene. You have to really, as an actor, you know, make your choices and really inhabit it. And I, I thought he was fantastic. And and Michael Bowen, Michael Bowen, great scared the crap out of me. He's, he, I never met him unfortunately, but I, uh, you know, I, I never get out there that much as I like. But yeah, just watching him on TV, just yeah. watching him on the Abbott, I'm like, this is scary. Really interesting to watch him work too, you know, and 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 see him with his thought processes and make his choices yeah. and and you know he's not that guy but nice guys in real life all those yeah. guys the other yeah. fellow in the background i liked him too with the real tats and the sleeved tats on his uh yeah he's monitor. he's yeah. a total sweetheart as it yeah. turns out all those guys just like a good. giant teddy bear yeah. love him was that a real uh, motel was that a set we built that on our set on, 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 on our stage, stage. Yeah. that looked yeah. really good. Stage. I wanted to uh, to but. mention Mara wrote it a lot differently than it ended up in the in the episode, um, which is partly due to you know we we try to keep our producer hats on and mm -hmm. and keep costs down and make an episode actually shootable in the amount of time that we have to do it. And we had we had originally envisioned that the murders in jail were going to be much simpler and that we would just see you know, a dead body in a pool of blood at the end of a hallway, and it was going to be more imagistic. And then you add yeah. Michelle McLaren okay, into yeah. the mix. And, you know, she really wanted to see act some active murders. She really wanted to see these guys get killed, and that's when... You didn't write it from the beginning that there were any active murders? I did, but I we didn't really spell them out, and we didn't okay. expect that they would be so stunty. Gotcha. So... That's when we brought in Algado and his team and started designing how these guys were actually going to be actively killed. By stunty, you mean violent and 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 and, and, and horrific to to watch. Yeah, the yeah, actual yeah. acts. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, it was always going to be, I think, f five active murders and four already deads kind of a thing. <laughs> Um, and then Dennis. And then Dennis, yeah, yeah. But Who was the king of all stunts there with, yeah, the, with the, the fire gag. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but Michelle had so many fantastic ideas once we started consulting with Al about, and, and as we did our research, you know, that shanking is really mostly what happens. And um, we were also inspired by that. That yeah, movie. Edward oh, James Olmos there's movie a really it's a, watch. Oh, American yeah. Me. American, American Me. Yeah. Edward James Olmos, I believe. With I the say he wrote it. He definitely directed. It was it's shanking. a it's a very well made movie. Uh, it's very hard to watch. It's one of those movies as good as it is, it's hard to sit through a second time. But it's very seems very authentic, very realistic. And yeah, the shanking at the end where 
just I remember it disturbing me greatly when I saw it years and years ago when it first came out. Yeah. And it's just the idea being, I suppose, that you're you're going to whittle the end of a toothbrush into a needle sharp point, mm-hmm. and it's only three or four inches long at most. You're going to have to to make sure the person you're stabbing is going to die. You need to stab them like a hundred times. As, so and you don't have a lot of time. Yeah. And and that all you know corroborated with our research and yeah. So we really wanted to do that. But in any case, we came up with all kinds of, within the limitations of what you can, how you can actually kill people in prison, we came up with a a wide variety. And then that sort of snowballs into, okay, so then how do you make these stunts and how, how many guys do we need? And, and uh, it turned into a major, major undertaking with a fantastic result, just fantastic result. But that fire stunt, that was the first time I've ever really felt um, the palpitations of being responsible for somebody's life. You know, it was all so so fun killing people. And then we get to the fire stunt, and we're on the stage, and everybody's, you know, doing their thing, and the AMC executives are there, and we're all going to watch Al Gato get lit on fire. And then we had the safety meeting. And then the head, the guy who was heading up the stunt and supervising what was going to happen for Al started speaking and, and spelling out what was going to happen. And we had three cameras going, and, and this is going to be the ignition, and this fire is going to come. And Al comes out wearing the layers of stuff, which is described to us, you know, the three layers and the fire retardant gel. And, and, and it started getting realer and realer, and my heart started pounding, mm-hmm. and the stunt guy was saying, and I'm going to count to five, and I'm going to give Al a five count, and that's what he's going to be able to hear because the minute the flames engulf him, all you know, I'm going to give a count of five, and he's on. He's going to stagger back. He's going to hit the bunk. On three, he's going to hit the wall. On four, he will roll, and on five, he will hit the ground. And then we get the extinguishers, and mm-hmm. he's and we put him out. And I just. I thought, so the whole thing's choreographed. holy shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yes, it's very carefully orchestrated, but I also suddenly thought, we stood around in the writer's room, we're like, you know what would be really cool? Mm-hmm. We light Dennis on fire in jail, and these guys come in and they hurl gasoline on him, and then some guy, who's very well trained and apparently has been lit on fire countless times and really enjoys doing the stunt. Yeah, yeah. But suddenly... Al's, Al's an expert at fire gags. He's won awards for him. Yeah, yeah. And, but I'm sitting there going, what if something goes wrong? Yeah. If oh, yeah. something goes wrong, this is my fault. You know, because I very blithely wrote, and then they set Dennis on fire in his jail cell. Yeah. And it just kind of it hit me in a rush and I remember after we only had one shot to do this stunt and yeah. actually the flames went higher than they thought they were going to go and our camera was 17 feet over the set and they you know it was wrapped in all this retardant material but it hit the camera. Wow. And um, that high up. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And Al did it perfectly. Yeah. And um, I remember calling Vince afterwards. Like I was I was driving home. I could I could barely breathe. Yeah. I, I was just, I was just so sort of thrilled and 
horrified yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know glad that it had all worked out and yeah. staggered by what I had oh, seen. Yeah. Impressive. And I and I was just like, it went, it was so great. It went really really great. But I really you know, I, it was touch and go yeah. there for a second. And, yeah. Anyway, it was very, very, it was not only dramatic, it's dramatic when you see it yeah. uh, in the edited version, but it was very dramatic to be there. Very impressive. I think we were going to put the dailies up, because it was shot with three cam- three or four cameras, four we maybe. Um, we were going to put them up on the website. I think that we talked oh, about Oh, wait a minute. That's no, where I saw this. That. Yeah, yeah. There is a, uh, on the, by the time people, folks are listening to this, they can, they can watch a little making of documentary on the amc.com mctv.com website and uh and you'll see uh moira moira lou and uh, michelle talking about it and you'll see al being interviewed and, and you'll see and werner and we're and werner handline who's uh the it's a real uh, who's a, in charge of physical uh, special effects uh it's a real you know i've said it a million times i'll say it a million and one times it's because it always bears repeating it's a it's an absolute group effort doing this show and it's all these wonderful talented hard-working folks work together and add value to one another's work in, in some sort of synergistic fashion and it's just uh yeah you know that was uh that must have been something to see that was uh really that was very was. impressive was. al goto wonderful uh stunt stunt man he was uh one of the first times i met him it was uh we were scouting um uh you know the pilot he's been on this show since the pilot he did the first fall when we meet jesse pinkman oh. he didn't he didn't do it on camera uh, he hired a, a, a stuntman uh, who looked, a guy out of L.A., I believe, who looked a lot more like uh, Aaron Paul. But when we were on our tech scout, he he did a fall for us. He did the fall himself just to show us what it would look like, you know. Wow. And then he got his, because he would never do a stunt. He'd never hire one of his guys to do a stunt that he himself wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't attempt. And, so. and it was so cool when we were mapping out all the shankings and stuff because he would just, he had his stunt guys there and he would just like take a hold of him and he just like, and he just go and crunch and pull. And like, wow, that's really gross. But you, you used to be a dancer. You were, and uh, I got to, another reason I bring it up is I got to think with the stuntmen, there's a similar choreography. choreography. You got to choreograph a fight scene like you choreograph a dance, mm-hmm. I would think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Except it's in some like sense, that. not to take away from dancing, but you have to choreograph. Well, it's all you have to choreograph Swan Lake very carefully, but you got to choreograph a You're fight scene very carefully. Not going to die. Well, you don't want to get your nose broken or your jaw broken yeah. or something. You got to you got to choreograph those movements very carefully. I would think in a fight scene. Impressive stunts. <laughs> Impressive. It was stunt. cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was absolutely. really cool. But what I was going to mention was that you had actually written it in a different order. It's like the killing of the heads of the five families yeah. in Godfather Part One, while you intercut with Michael. But like Hank, uh, Chris, at the christening, Hank, of his, the uh, whole Hank thing was at a different point, I believe. Or well, something the, the like biggest that. single difference I think you're referring to is in the original, the way um, the way it was re- originally written by Moira. Nine of the guys get killed, and then you cut to Hank doing the photo op with the girls' softball team, and then he yes. is he has heard about nine guys being killed within two minutes, and then he oh, says... Oh, and then you go back to Dennis. He says, yeah. he says something about, you know, shut it down, shut it all, you know, lock it lock it down, lock it all down, you know. And then the sirens went off in the, in the and then original Dennis, draft. who's in lockdown, gets yeah. set on fire. Yeah. yeah. But you, well, you in large part, you now who, you because you cut it a different way. I have to give credit where credit is due, though, because I was actually on the phone with Thomas Gullovich talking about music for the scene. We didn't know what we're, and he was sending some stuff, and he goes, well, you know, he, he started, he was looking at it sort of like um, when uh, 
uh, Jimmy Conway had killed all those guys in Goodfellas, and they did that to Layla. Yeah, um, yeah right. Uh, the piano, the piano uh, thing to Layla, and and so you know, I thought about it, and he goes, you know, what would be interesting is, you know, this is all supposed to take place within two minutes. You know, maybe maybe it does. And I thought, oh my god, that that's like a really cool idea. And I think I it was a good started. note. And yeah. so um, really what, I, what I really tried to do was, and, and it wasn't going to work unless I could keep the lawyer in the actual two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I started. And actually. You keep Dennis, it, you mean? No, fire? keep, keep every, everybody okay. had to be within the two minutes. It wasn't going to work. In fact, it, it did work for a while. It was within two minutes. I mean, you could actually, you know, start your watch when Walt starts his watch. And when Walt stops his watch, it was two minutes. Now, unfortunately, it's not. Because I fucked that up for you. No, it's not that you fucked it up. It's just that it's just that the song, the the song that we chose, event, you know, dictated. So now I think it's like one fifty-five or something like that. So it's not quite two. Me saving America time so we could (laughs) watch more commercials. But uh, but we used to have a different piece of music. Um, I had cut it to a different piece of music, and it was much more um, conventional what you would expect, and then. We were struggling because that piece wasn't available. And then you said that you, you were driving in on a Sunday, I believe. We were working on Sunday, and you had driven in, and you were listening to satellite radio satellite or radio. something. Yeah, I was yep. listening to the 40s on 4 channel. I just I love old 40s music, and I heard this great uh, Nat Cole song, um, or his version, rather, of... Um, of um, Pick Yourself Up. Well, Start All Over Again, I guess, is the title of the song. Yeah. And then it sort of worked. worked. <laughs> it's it's now sort of like in my mind the most perverse song <laughs> in the universe. So based glad on that context. The, uh, the Cole Estate uh, was was fine with uh, letting us use it. It's a uh, God. He was a wonderful singer. We had uh, Jason, our music editor, uh, do a little bit of editing to it, and then we went and made a couple picture changes so we could hit like specific things. Mm-hmm. Like I love the part where it hits where you you know after all the killing is done and you just see this silhouette of Walt you know a, a, from behind yeah and it's like and it's something like famous men right there yeah, and, you yeah, know, yeah. I really liked it I did a great and job. I thought it was um a really really fitting song I don't know what people out there are going to think about it I hope that they like well, it I think like it's it. really cool beautifully shot too as always but uh, all of this beautifully shot by uh, the wonderful Michael Slovis mm-hmm. like that shot you just mentioned made me think that that beautiful silhouette shot yeah. of Walt and all those close-ups of the watch. Yeah. Those were incredible that we I, shot on the street. I was there when we shot that. Outside the White House. You that were there. That was the weirdest damn thing. There was a bunch of people watching. Yeah. Because people now show up, uh, looky-loos, folks who are fans of the show show up on that street. Yep. When, whenever we're there. And, uh, and they're good folks. They're nice folks. And they, they hang out. They're very polite. Yeah, it's and, really uh, fun. And they, just... and, uh, and they are often rewarded for their time there because our crew and our actors are so wonderfully uh friendly you know that uh if you hang out there long enough and you're cool you know I, as in you don't you know disrupt you're, anything. you're respectful of the fact that this is a neighborhood where nice people live and whatnot uh, eventually you know, brian or somebody will come out and say hi to everybody sign a few autographs or whatnot i mean don't want to speak for him but i've certainly seen him do that but yeah when i was there this that expensive uh, uh watch on a c-stand with this microscope lens shooting super duper ultra close-ups of it 
on the sidewalk right in front of the mailbox of the White House yeah. with a bunch of with lightning uh, and yeah just because that was the only time they could you guys yeah, could fit it into the schedule we had to squeeze it in and you couldn't walk past because the microscopic lens everything was so sensitive yeah. we were so tight like your footprints on the asphalt would make it jiggle We're, just yeah. a little bit yeah. so everybody had to freeze while we were shooting yeah. it and Vince, you were the one who you came up with a really cool angle, just that slight you know, oh, thank twist you. on the on the watch face. But just insane to shoot. That's what you call tabletop photography, that that mm-hmm. macro close up stuff. And there are companies, Tom Schnauz used to work for a company in New York City who made its living off of getting super macro close up shots of stuff. And you know, take a crew of these guys like, you know, a, a solid day just to shoot one of these things. And they do wonderful work, but it's like we're, do- we're just grabbing a shit literally in the middle of the street it's in front of the White House. Total guerrilla filmmaking. Yeah. It's not on anybody's wrist or anything like that. It's just a super duper close up of a of a watch face and and and, and Michael Slovis and and Michelle McLaren are running back and forth from the pool. Yep. Uh, shooting the f- what the, that was at night and you guys were in the backyard shooting the scene in this Skyler episode. Skyler and Walt. Walt and Skyler were Walt sitting by the pool and Skyler mm-hmm. comes out and says take a ride with me and mm-hmm. takes him to show him the money. Mm-hmm. So, so Michael and you and uh, and Michelle running back and forth between the front yard the yeah. front of the, the street in front of the house and then the backyard shooting a super duper watch face close up and then a uh, uh, nice quiet little dramatic scene with uh, Brian and Anna. Yeah. It's crazy how it happens. So then the next thing we see is um, Walt playing with baby Holly while we hear on the television about the jail killings that we've just seen in the previous episode. Yeah. And Marie comes in. She's like, you know, can I turn this off because Hank's in a bad mood and he's on his way home and I don't want him to see this. So she already knows that, you know, and Hank knows that, you know, basically everything that he had been counting on, all these nine people that he was going to get his information from and finally break this case, uh, they're all dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so Hank comes in, and, you know, he's just a broken man. He's, you know, drinking. What's he drink? It's not Whistle Pig. What is it? I think Whistle it might Pig. Be no, it's Knob uh, Creek in this Nob case. Knob Creek. Yeah. <laughs> Whistle Pig. Oh, that's good stuff. Knob <laughs> Creek's good, too. It's all good. And uh, like and so, both. you know, he, he asks Walt if, he likes, if he'd like a drink. They sit down, and, and he basically tells him about a job that he had when he was in college. Yeah. Uh, where did that come from? Yeah, talk about that, Moralu. You talk about that, Vincente. Well, I mean, no, you wrote it. Uh, well, what, 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 and uh, Sam, uh, yeah, feel free to. Because, uh, again, it should be mentioned that uh, Moira wrote this particular episode, but when we, all of us, my episodes as well, when we, uh, the ones I write as well, when we come up with the plot of the episode, we're all in a room together coming mm-hmm. up with that. So I think, what was what were we thinking at that point? We were well, thinking. It's a collective, didn't you have? We wanted to talk about, you know, tonally and emotionally, we wanted. Hank to be thinking back on, on times that made sense, when a peri- you know yeah. a period of time in his life because everything seems to have gone to shit right now yeah. and the monsters are walking the earth and ruling yeah. the earth and yeah. and and wasn't it you who had a friend or knew somebody who had done this tagging, yeah. this tagging trees Give a in shout the out summer? To Ricky Skinner. Yeah. He's a, uh, sweet guy who was my brother's friend. He was my brother's age, which means he was like four or five years younger than me. And uh, he lived in Chesterfield County. Uh, and uh, he was a great guy who loved the outdoors. And uh, he passed away from cancer uh, quite a few years ago, which was very sad. He's very young. 
but a good guy who loved the outdoors and had a job uh, tagging trees. Tagging trees, you know, for a lumber company, for a yeah, either conservation company or a lumber company or something like that. And uh, just that image in my head because we were talking about. I think the idea was it was it not that the idea was uh, the obvious thing to come in and do immediately mm-hmm. from the get-go is have, have Hank come running in loaded for bear saying, God damn it, they killed all ten people. How do they do it? They're monsters. Ah! Which certainly would make sense. He would feel that way, but sometimes you want to back into a scene, writing-wise. Yeah. You know, you want to, you know, you're waiting. You, you know, the thing that works well for us on this show, you, 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 you want to make the audience wait for it. You know, how is Hank going to react to the fact that these ten people he was counting on to help get him his Heisenberg and help get him his the key the key to his solving his mystery he's been he's been uh, fighting to solve for all these seasons you know suddenly in one fell swoop they're all dead you know as if by black magic you know it's like how did how did this happen who are these awful people I'm dealing with and to back into it and talk about a job he had way back when seemed like a, an interesting yeah mm-hmm. and the silence that precedes it yeah it's a it's a little bit nerve-wracking and yeah. you got to wonder what's Hank going to say yeah. what's he thinking about what does he know and there was great pathos um, also in approaching the scene that yeah. way in large part because of the way he wrote it and also because the way Dean and Brian played it very well played very delicately played because obviously the guy feels terrible about this obviously he's full of anger and bitterness and he's scared and he's horrified and you know that and you know, you somewhat to, defeated and defeated and defeated That's and a good um word. you don't want to hit it too hard acting wise you want to he played it very delicately and you know walt's kind of savvy in the moment and then he there's a long long beat and then walt provides the ultimate you know self-absorbed non sequitur that's the greatest non sequitur ever yeah in, in <laughs> I my he's so perverse i love how bl- <laughs> he's so bland and sort of unaffected by the whole Thing we talked, I mean, and there's something. Yeah. It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole episode too. It reminds me of a controversial movie in in our writers' room, but uh, No Country for Old Men. Yeah, and it does remind me of the scene towards the end where Tommy Lee Jones is just mm. just sort of overmatched, yeah, by everything that's out there and yeah. sort of overwhelmed by it. Yeah. and uh, I just love that the the two characters are in such different places, and Walt is just yeah. It's true, he plays it so delicately, but he's just got the tiniest of little glints in his eye. Like, it's just, yeah. you know. Um, the weird disconnect for me, I agree, it's one of my favorite scenes of the episode. I, The way I prefer to read it is the weird irony and the weird disconnect here is he feels bad for his brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. His brother-in-law has been having a real tough go of it. <laughs> you know, buddy, what can I do to help you feel better? He's not he's responsible the, for he's it. Not, he's the author of all, yeah. all his problems. Yeah. He's the author of all Hank's problems. And yet I honestly believe it's not just lip service when he says, Hey, you know, hey buddy, how you how you doing? What can I hey you wanna have a drink? You know, you want, are you okay? You know? I used to love to go camping. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like a monster. Yeah. And yet I think he actually has affection for his brother in law. Yeah. Just yeah, as long as his brother-in-law doesn't get in his way, yeah. he'll be fine. He has this <laughs> fascinating disconnect. Yeah, I love that scene, too. I agree. It's so a great transition coming out of it. Yeah, so yeah. I, need to, oh, I was going to ask you guys what your thought. How, how did this 
whole business about uh, this next montage come about? Cops One of the writers the was talking about the montage from The Graduate. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. That's what we were Which we thinking. watched one of the, I think there were probably several montages in The Graduate, but there's one where it's Dustin Hoffman sort of moving. Is from, it the Scarborough Affair? Is we, that the one? Is that right? There's, uh, it was two two Beatles songs. It's a really, really no, long uh, montage. Simon Garfunkel. Simon, Simon, oh, Simon Garfunkel. Garfunkel, sorry. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and he's he's moving very slowly through his summer and his affair, and it has this optical illusion effect of where... You know, he'll walk through, he'll open one white door into one area of his house, and he arrives in the hotel room with Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, very, very beautifully directed very, by Mike Nichols. Very stylized. Wonderful and editing. Yeah. We knew that we wanted to jump some time. Uh, we wanted a passage of time for Walt to build his business. Yeah. And we also wanted to show the process that... Walt's all of Walt's dreams come true. Now he's wearing the crown. He's the kingpin, and the operation is successful. He's international, and yet he's sleepwalking through the experience yeah. because w just because your dreams come true doesn't mean your dreams come true. Maybe that's the worst thing be that can happen to you. Yeah, be careful there what you is. wish for. That can be the worst thing that can happen for you. Yeah, um, sometimes. So that those were some of our motivations for why we wanted to do a montage and stylistically we were super impressed with I wonder if some people because yeah. I mean, that's what we talked about which is sort of disaffected Walt and sort of it's none of yeah. it's really touching him yeah but I wonder he's it's glide he is gliding overall yeah. yeah but I wonder if some people won't watch it as just like yeah he's just <laughs> kicking ass <laughs> taking names <laughs> like like uh, you know just because it has yeah. We are sort of taking the, uh, you know, past to success montage and yeah. just tweaking it. It sort of has all the same pictures to it, but just the emotion that's going through Walt is like, yeah, I'm going through this montage of a man rising to the top that you've all sort of seen before, yeah. but I'm actually not really inhabiting it. And, uh, and why don't I feel happy? Yeah. It's a very languorous. We do, we, we do a lot of montages on this show, and every time we write one in, Stu Lyons uh, rightly cringes. As he always says, His montage. His blood pressure goes up. Yeah, he, says, he says montage is a French word that means over budget. Right. Because <laughs> uh, they are they're hard to shoot. Uh, they, they take a lot of time because each time <sighs> you have a camera in a new place, it takes time, and, and it takes a lot of man hours and a lot of you know, sweat equity to, to get the camera moved from one spot to another, get the lights all reset. And, and it is a really long montage. It's really and it was long. scripted long. And all those transitions were scripted. Yeah. You know, where you, Walt's tossing the money in one scene and it and you cut to it's yeah. landing in the trunk of Declan's driver's yeah. car in the desert with, with yeah. uh, Todd. I had heard that that song had been on you guys' minds for like the whole season. That was another, I, I you know, I, as most people do, I listen to the radio driving to work and, uh, you know, um, Crystal Blue Persuasion How by uh, Tommy, Tommy <laughs> James and the Shondells. It's just uh, something, um, certainly I'd heard it a million times in my life, but... Uh, how could we not? Yeah, how could you not have heard that song? I've never fun heard of it. No. I've never it. heard it. Never. What? Seriously? No, yeah. Tommy James and the Shondells? Seriously? I've heard of them, but I'd never heard Crystal of Crystal Blue Persuasion? No? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I certainly was well uh, versed in it. I mean, was well aware of it, but I I hadn't thought of it in terms of the show. And then I was driving to work maybe, 
I don't know, a year or 10 months ago, whenever it was, and it was playing, and I thought, Jesus, the words are perfect. We've got to use this at some point. So. Some <laughs> serious old man radio he's listening to. <laughs> oh, Nat King Cole. <laughs> what a crooner. <laughs> it's the Chantels. Oh, we got to find a place for that. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> But the the idea behind that montage was basically to show it's a very it's a it's a it's a and as uh, Sam just said Peter Gould uh, reminded us of the wonderful montage in The Graduate and it's a very languorous mm-hmm. uh, we do a lot of montages on the show we try to differentiate them from one another I know our directors do and also we try to think of them in terms different from one another you know and again a shout out to the wonderful director uh, Mike Nichols uh, an homage to uh, to him uh, to his work in the graduate uh, who by the way I hear he's a big fan of our show which oh, I think really? is oh, super awesome is how cool. cool is that super cool so uh, uh, but um, yeah really but you well wanted done. to show Walt basically well, sleepwalking through Walt's got everything he's wanted as these guys are saying but he's not happy he looks miserable in fact he looks to me to my eye he looks and then you cut to him later in that scene we we talked about a little earlier. We're talking about the watch close up, and and he's uh, right. That comes next, right? It's him sitting by the pool. Yeah. Well, this is well, after 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 the scene between Marie and yeah. uh, Skyler and the baby. Talk about the baby in that scene with Marie and Skyler. The Skylar. baby that wouldn't stop crying. Well, it's not the really baby. a baby anymore. It's, it's a toddler. Not, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. And we yeah. like it when they're just sort of. Clay like, yeah. <laughs> like a Louis Vuitton. <laughs> yeah, but like Marie, Marie says, you know, Marie's like saying it's time for maybe you guys to, you know, keep the family, put the family back together. Yeah. And Skylar's kind of freaked because she still been can't over tell. A long time, yeah, Three months. Yeah, she can't tell. Um, she can't tell Marie anything, and so when she gets home and Walt's like sitting by the pool, like, and you know, it's depressed a- and. You know, he's got everything in the world, but he really doesn't. Yeah. You know. It's a last-ditch effort for Skylar. I mean, she's absolutely between a rock and a hard place. She's going to have, you know, Marie saying, look, time's up. You guys got to put the family back together. Totally believe in you. You should take the kids home. And Skylar can't. You know, she's going to lose that battle. And what comes into her head is I need to show him the physical evidence of his success. Right. And that's why she takes him to the secret storage locker. Yeah. Full of money. And you guys don't really know how much money there is, right? Uh, I asked prop master Mark Hansen, and he and his guys had tried, just for their own edification, tried to figure out how much that would be if it was a roughly a half-and-half half mix of 20s and 50s. He guessed somewhere in the vicinity of $80 million. Dollars, wow. 80, oh 85, God. 90. It's a lot of dough. Cash. I don't know if it's, it may be, we may have erred on the side of uh, showmanship there instead of reality. I don't know if he could have made quite that much that quickly. But, but so uh, they built they built a box and like kind of put money around it. Right? It's a great prop and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a surprisingly complex prop. But the, uh, the money is a big deal prop wise. There's a prop house in California. That you rent it from, it has to be it has to be handled pretty carefully because it is fake money, but it is really realistic looking fake money. And of course, you know, we all know, <laughs> you know, if you 
you know the government uh, doesn't doesn't cotton to uh, you uh, printing fake money up. So that this stuff has to be handled very carefully, and and it has to be every dollar, every bill has to be accounted for. And you saw how many bills there were. There's right, thousands of them. Michelle had been telling me that you know after the shooting was done, they had to, they had to have like all these prop people and prop assistants counting this money, painstakingly counting it all, so they could send it back. Yeah. Yeah. So Not one uh, bill missing, but I think oh, somebody said a second ago was true as well. I mean, it's a lot of money regardless, but I think they built some sort of plywood box underneath it to make it look like the pile was bigger than it yeah. was. It's just there's fake money on all five sides of that cube, I guess. What yeah. about the uh, what about the set though? Was that a set that they built inside, or is that? That's an, an actual, actual storage. It's an actual storage. The locker. inside of it. The inside, inside there's too. Wow. We dropped in our own back wall to make the space smaller to make the money more dramatic looking. Okay. And but um, actually carrying all of that money, even though it's fake, into, into this a real facility. place. So Skylar basically says, "Come take a drive with me," and she says, "You know," she shows him the money and he's like blown away. I mean, he had no idea, right? And spraying for silverfish, which I, I love that too. <laughs> That's very funny. But it is. It's just a giant pile of paper at this point. I'll it's, take some. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, it's just, that's why I love the irony of it. It's It, it didn't make them happy. But it's like it, they can't even spend it because how do you spend that kind of cash without, you know, all kinds of alarm bells starting to go off at the IRS headquarters, right. you know. Oh, those are the guys that will get you right. before anybody else will. It you know. forces him to examine his motivations again in a way that he hadn't really thought about for a long time. And also, you got to think he's not, you know, Jesse's out of the business, and whether he'd admit it or not, that's sort of taking some of the wind out of his sails. And He misses him. Yeah, I, I think, think. He, I think he does, which gets to that last scene. Well, the other he thing, goes too, to is the that doctor. he goes to the doctor. I'm sorry. I'm all, the, I know I'm we're all screwed. We're all screwed um, up <laughs> um, He goes to the doctors on the MRI machine, the throwback to the pilot, yeah. and then, you know, people who are paying very close attention will remember that, He's in the. He's washing his hands yeah. like he was in Sam's episode two hundred nine, which is four days out. When he gets the news that his cancer has shrunk, he's in remission. And, yeah, yeah. And, in that and he's scene, pun- and he's pu- he punches the uh, the paper towel dispenser, yeah. and he comes back and he sees his own reflection again. Yeah, yeah. And, Apparently, and nobody fixed that fixed paper it. towel dispenser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was such a great moment in two hundred nine, though, because Walt's reaction to being forced to live again with hope. Yeah. Yeah. And that was uh, Michelle McLaren yet again directed that, that episode. First, first, her, her first episode. episode. Michelle spent a lot of time in men's room, so <laughs> when you think right. about it. I'm and well, we're going to leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then we have the scene where Jesse's sleeping on his couch yeah, I with love his cigarette burning. Mm-hmm. I love how that plays. I love how he, it startles me every time when yeah. he jumps. And he really burned himself, right? Yeah. He did? Uh-huh. Jesus. I love he He's gives so he gives game. to his art. He is. So the deal with that scene though was that, you know, I, I'm assuming that what you wanted to show was that you know Jesse. Jesse um, really has nothing to necessarily to do with Walt, and he's very very curious about Walt. Why Walt came to his door? Because he's heard now about the nine guys in prison. Ten guys. Ten guys. Yes. Yeah. Ten mm-hmm. guys, yeah, including yeah. the lawyer. Yeah. No. He. Uh, well, you find out at the end of that scene, he's got a. He was. Uh, he went off. He disappears from the window for a minute, out of frame, and we realize, uh, you know, he he was going to get his gun. Yeah. Not sure who. Now he knows who's at the window. He know. I mean, who's at the door? He looked out the window, but he not sure why he's here. He's he's assuming the worst. 
this guy killed 10 guys, maybe he's here to kill me. And he has his suspicions about Mike that go yeah. unvoiced. Yeah. So he Does he really? I didn't think that he really had any thought about Mike. Well, I guess it remains to be seen, but um, I let's mean, just I, leave it at this. Jesse's no... Uh, Jesse, as, as naive as he is, uh, he sometimes is, and as childlike as he sometimes is, and, and, you know, sort of dopey and uneducated, as we have seen him be in the past. He's done a lot of growing up in the last yeah. 54 episodes, this one included, and, uh, you know, he's... He's he's pretty streetwise, and but he's I never got the impression Walt's given him a real education, albeit a, a really rough one. But I never got the impression that he thinks anything other than Mike got away. Uh, it's hard to know what he thinks here. I mean, the very fact that he's packed a gun in the back of his waistband tells me he's being cautious. Why is he being cautious of this guy uh, with whom he's he's spent so much time in so many foxholes? Because he's still there, and and Walt killed everybody else. Who knows? but he's still around. But I I, don't know. It's, I think yeah. it's interesting. I'm learning something right now. And that's also why, you know, Jesse plays it when Walt says, I left something for you. You know, yeah. there's this, it, it almost has an ominous quality, oh, yeah. and he approaches the door really kind of fearfully, and, and we bend down, and we're like, what the hell is out yeah. there? And he goes down with the bag, and it's like, is Brock in the bag? Like, what's in the or bag? Or is the bag going to blow up? Yeah, or, yeah. It, it, and Jesse really doesn't, no, because Walt's traveled so far. Um, yeah. He doesn't know who he is or if he can trust him anymore. That's well put. But he Be- did beautiful. give him his money. He did, but he you did. don't know for sure. I mean, maybe the audience guessed that's what it was, but I think it's very easy to, to not guess that's what it is based on how, like Moira just said, how far Walt has gone down that dark path by this point. Speaking of which, great music by Dave Porter there. Great oh. Great uh, score there uh, that builds in intensity and unbearableness as as Jesse leans closer to that bag. And I want to say about Dave Porter, you can uh, now on iTunes, uh, Dave has uh, new on iTunes, relatively new on iTunes uh, within the last few days or whatnot, is uh, Dave Porter's uh, album uh, of, of, of score of Dave's composed music for Breaking Bad. I think you can download it instantly off of iTunes or you can buy a physical CD of it off of Amazon.com, I believe. And I think it's number two on iTunes for soundtracks or whatnot. Yeah, good for He's, him. Uh, and it's just great music. It's uh, I highly recommend it. Great, great music, as, as anyone listening to this who, who digs the show uh, knows well. So they have their sort of oh broken up lover's final conversation. About the RV. About the good old bounder and the good old <laughs> days. and it's, But you can see that it's all sort of fractured and it's never going to be the same. It's yeah, just yeah. sad, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of bittersweet. I think that's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes, too. Yeah. I love Jesse's T-shirt, too. What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. They well, find it's a little retro Jesse. Yeah, there. it's sort of old school. Old school. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah, it's like something, uh, it's like like something uh, Siegfried and Roy would wear or, yeah, or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then Walt comes home and Skyler's doing dishes and he basically says he's out. Do you believe him? Well, that's up to the individual <laughs> viewer. I mean, I don't know. I do. I mean, I mean, we have a long history of distrusting him as does Skyler. <laughs> For good reason. And yeah. that's, I think, why she, it's such... She has to stare at him for so long, and we're not sure if we believe him or not, but 
then a little time passes and the kids are back and everything seems copacetic and the family's in the backyard talking about nothing nothing yeah i I tend to believe them yeah and then there's a passage of time uh, after that in the moment yeah which he always does yeah that's true yeah. Um, so when then we leave that conversation basically knowing that it's never going to be it's not going to be Christmas without Schrader Brow. So we're oh yeah, that's one that's of the things right. we're talking we about. Schrader Brow. <laughs> you know, Actors Schrader. all did a real good job in that scene. Just oh, you wrote it very well too. But all that this Thank there's a long it, scene w- of them talking about nothing. And I wrote it all as quote dual dialogue. You know, there's a there's a function within final draft where people are talking simultaneously, and I wanted the women to be having one conversation, the men to be having another one, and they're talking over each other. But the actors, you know, this is when their craft really showed up because they had to listen and they had to keep track while, yeah. uh, you know, of what the other team was talking about yeah. while they were in the midst of their own dialogue. And it was really fun. Hard stuff to shoot, surprisingly. It seemed very hard to hard, cut. Hard to edit. Kelly. You had a real hard <laughs> time editing that, right? Ay, ay, ay. Well, it was rough. Overlapping dialogue is one of the hardest things. It's it's how people. I mean, people listen. Overlapping dialogue is not hard when it's like two people or three people, but when it's four people having two separate conversations. Yeah. Okay. It's not easy. So if it's all Sorry. one conversation, it's easier. <laughs> yeah, one conversation because it's scripted, you know, and and basically we're all engaged in the one conversation. Yeah. These guys are engaged in two different conversations, and they're talking over each other which is fine if you're only going to do one take, but when you do eight <laughs> different takes from all these different things, and yeah, it's like you may get ahead of the conversation, you may get behind it. Yeah. I it's feel really like tough. I have spent yeah. this entire episode apologizing to everybody. Don't apologize. Yeah, why do you apologize? not your fault. <laughs> well, just because yeah. no, there's just, I mean, I, I, I actually like, I mean, I, I, you know, Robert Altman, I guess, is very famous for yeah. these kinds of things, yeah. and um, my assistant, Mel, uh, has a friend who's worked on stuff that Altman has done, and I asked him, he asked his friend, you know, how does he do it? And it's just a lot of rehearsal. Okay. It's a lot of rehearsal. And basically what sounds like a, you know, a spontaneous, a spontaneous conversation is so scripted. Interesting. That, I mean, it's not so scripted, but it's so rehearsed that they don't get ahead. Like when you're saying what, the other guy's saying birthday, or, you know I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. It is absolutely. Wow. You want the timing scripted. the same as much as possible yeah. from take to take. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, what we did was we minimized it by going to that wide shot. Yeah. You know, where yeah. basically it's one shot, we don't have to worry. But if we had shot, like, uh, Michelle shot a lot of good coverage, like, you know, a shot of Walt with Skylar in the foreground and stuff like that, and we had to minimize using those kinds of shots because the the dialogue was just, you know, they would have said Schrader Brow way early in the conversation or something yeah. like yeah. that. So, yeah. But what we know, were going tough. for, um, you know, was this confounding happy ending. What we wanted to do was... You know, we're in the we're in the last three minutes of the half season finale, yeah, yeah. and we want the audience to be saying, "Nothing's happening. What? Is this is all just going to work out? Like, what the hell's going on here? Could, how could this be a happy is, ending? Is somebody going to come and blow the whole thing? Yeah, away? Is it, and is there going to be another airplane falling from the sky? Yeah. Like, what the hell? Give us something here. It yeah. can't end on a happy note. You this know? is insane. It's Breaking Bad. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah. You know, when they when they watch it, and then Hank gets up. And uh, heads to the can. Yeah. Gliding overall. And, uh, <laughs> right? Gliding, gliding overall, right? Yeah. And then we send Hank in and blow the whole thing up. It's, uh, that, that ending really does, it, it really grabs me. It's just, we've, we've been waiting for this a long time. And i got to suspect there'll be people out there. Shit, I've done a couple of interviews in the last few days where the interviewer said to me, one guy today, 
magazine interview saying, well, what do you have left after Mike's dead? You got uh, all this really left is uh, is Hank finding out about Walt. And I said, well, I don't know. Because, <laughs> of course, well, when I talked to him today, it hadn't aired yet. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, because yeah. people have mentioned, like a couple of bloggers, you know, a couple of critics online have mentioned, well, they won't send me. I don't know what the, you know, they haven't sent out the last two episodes. So, you know, I'll have to write that review really, really quick. And yeah. Steppenwolf said that and stuff. And I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad they didn't send out the last two. Well, it, it wasn't because we don't love all those folks that we, you know, it's just that, the, you you know, the, the show, the, 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 the wonderful problem that the increased viewership and, and appreciation of the show has, has garnered us is that, you know, back in the early days of the show, nobody gave a shit. You know, <laughs> we send out every episode ever in <laughs> advance and just please somebody, anybody talk about this thing. Somebody watch this thing, please. And now we're in danger of uh, we have to safeguard our scripts and our and our intellectual property of in the sense of uh, we have to safeguard our notes and our and our discussions in the writer's room and the finished script and the finished God knows the finished edits need to be watermarked and safeguarded because there are folks out there who, you know, just enjoy spoiling things. You know, it's some deep-seated human need to know things before anyone else does. But there's folks out there who, uh, you know, will put all this stuff online. And uh, I'd like to be charitable and think it kind of comes from a good place of, of, you know, being a fan of the show. But, of course, you know, you don't want your uh, stuff you work so hard on uh, out there uh, before it's time for it to be out there. In other words, you definitely don't want people uh, seeing all this stuff out of order and reading the end of the book uh first so to speak and you especially don't want people seeing stuff unfinished unmixed or uncolor timed or whatever so we got to be more and more careful these days so that's yeah and that's why we haven't sent stuff out uh these right. last couple especially because they now that you've seen them you realize they contain a couple of the biggest most dramatic moments of the whole eight episodes of the season so right but uh i don't know this is really i i love this ending i love the way you wrote it i love the call back to episode uh 404. 404. 404. 404. Bullet points is what it's in, isn't it? 404. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was your episode. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and Colin Buxy directed it. Yeah, and we've yeah. never done that before. We have never done that no, kind of a flashback that. before. So have we not. We, we talked about that. Yeah, in the okay. writers' room. We, we talked about wow, that a lot because this is we unprecedented. Were, yeah, yeah. We were originally thinking we were just gonna show the inscription. Yeah. But then. There was a worry that it was so. It was just going to be too much. Too it was oblique. too big a revelation, and it was too oblique. We just couldn't have people. Yeah. So th- we talked about doing this, t- and I was when we talked about. It, I was like, oh god, that doesn't really. Uh, but it works so well. How y- so you too. edited it, it's a little bit Michelle different. shot. I I really like it. I it's feel a little like bit it different. Really there's works. there's different takes in the reveal. I mean, the only take that actually is the same is where Walt says. You got me. That's the only one. The other two, Walt and Hank, they're different. Yeah, we fudged it a little bit, didn't yeah. we? Those are slightly different takes than were used in the original in the original episode. Yeah. Yeah. just the, the one where he says original. "You got me" is is the same. Is the same. Hmm. I, I I love it. I uh, it's funny. Tom Schnauz too. When he saw it, he loved. He said, "I love 508, but I got one note. I don't think you need that flashback to that previous episode." And I I respectfully disagree because. I swear to God, every time I watch it now, 508 in its finished form, and Walt says, you got me. He does I that just, it little, gives me a chill. He does that little laugh. Yeah. That little, like, 
<laughs> you know, that yeah. just chronic. I love it because even if you remember Gail Bedecker well and you remember his ill-fated notebook and, and, and all of that, I still think it's value-added seeing that flashbook flashback just for the you got me. Yeah. yeah. And then back to Hank with that look of stunned, profound, yeah. you know, growing horror on his face. As and then, he, yeah. he passes that first bowel movement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought about having yeah. a big sound effect in this that is, We've come too far <laughs> to start listening to Tom Schnauz. Anyways, I mean, that, <laughs> that way madness lies. But you, you edited it so great, yeah, Kelly. It's, it's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, you got a couple shout outs to, uh, you got some stuff coming up. You're going to be, uh, there's an interview people can read with you? Um, you know what? I was interviewed. Uh, let me give a shout out to Alan St. John, the, who interviewed me this morning for Forbes.com. Um, great Are talk you on the Forbes 400 list? Is that why? <laughs> I wish I was. Maybe give me half a stack of that money. money. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but Alan apparently is a very big fan of the podcast, and he got in touch with AMC, reached out to AMC, and AMC reached out to me. They said, would you be willing to do a phone interview? So I said, yeah, absolutely, of course. Right you know, who, whoever wants to talk to me, you know, wow, Forbes. Um, but it was really fun, and he's a huge fan of the show. Awesome. Um, he, he was, he like, and I guess he's a huge fan of the podcast too, and he was, you know, reciting to me all these different things from different podcasts that we had said, and he could call them out by number. And I was like, damn, you're really good, because I re sort of remember the conversation, but I could never tell yeah. you. Which out of the forty-seven podcasts that we've done, you wow. believe it? Forty-seven. Forty-seven, including wow. today. This is number forty-seven. How yeah. do you think he's gonna like Sam, though? Is that gonna kind of, kind well, of, kind of dampen the mood? Dampen, dampen it for across great. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a, he's a really huge fan, and it was a great, it was a great, uh, great experience talking to him today. And um, I guess I'm doing um, uh, this thing for the Emmy Awards. Um, it's uh, through the editor's peer group called Emmy, Fi Emmy Prime Cuts. Um, it's at the Egyptian Theater on Saturday, uh, excuse me, Sunday, September 9th. Um, I think it starts at 1 o'clock. It's first come, first serve. And so anybody could go if they happen to be in L.A.? Yeah, anybody can go. Um, you, just, you don't have to be a member of the Guild or anything? No, not at all. It's, it's, um, it's a free thing. Um, I think mostly like film students go and stuff like that. They do it every year with Emmy-nominated editors. They just put them on a panel and i guess it's moderated by sean ryan the uh the shield the shield showrunner really what yeah. that's cool and he's a i love the shield why how come sean ryan i have no idea well that's cool right on i have no well, idea but um but yeah i mean Gee, I'm kelly were you nominated for one of the episodes that i wrote with tom yeah you, you and tom schnauz yeah you yeah. and tom schnauz that's Very right. About that. yes. See what happens. Four twelve. Yep. That's right. We're all gonna we're all gonna have a good time a couple of weeks, I think. Huh? Or a bad one. one well, that's only one you. I'm planning on having a There's good time. There's spirits. <laughs> For God's sake, I should have known that was happen. No, gonna it's all fabulous. You would say that. It's all good. It's yeah. all good. It's an honor just to be nominated. <laughs> I'm excited to get it. It is. It's very exciting. Excited. Got a dress. Yeah. It's exciting. The only thing that's not exciting is the shoes. That's it. I've the tried one? to explain about the shoes. Vicodin. Vicodin. <laughs> no, I didn't say Vicodin. I said Advil. If okay, you need you Vicodin have, just to put a pair of shoes you on. You jumped to Vicodin. Going horribly I, like, I like that about you. <laughs> anyway, um, so this is You don't have to wear heels, by the way. Yes, you do. No, no, you, you don't, don't have, have to wear heels. No, no, you, no. You, don't, you don't. Well, Sam does. <laughs> I, I don't have to. I don't think I have to. <laughs> Why do you have to wear those shoes with the curly toes <laughs> in the bell. Oh, I understand. 
But uh, so this is this is our last one. So as we said, oh, no. So um, wow. Well, I, I'm gonna just proud we kept this one. Just you know, crystal. So crystal tight. focused and right. tight exactly. and crisp. Probably one of the longest this ones. Is, yeah, very yeah. intellectual. Is there anything? That can you very speed this one so we <laughs> we, yeah. we talk high pitched but fast and I everybody could, can get through it quicker? That. Um, that so to you, sum up, do you have? <laughs> so to reiterate, <laughs> do you have anything that you can give us for the next? Uh, you know, as we wait for ten months. Good question. Um, it's uh, I don't I, I I'm trying not to be. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of something good to leave folks with. I, I just, just, uh, I can't think of anything pithy and, and wonderful to say except that, uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, I, I don't expect these next eight to uh, to be a snooze fest, <laughs> to say the least. Mm-hmm. I kind of think they're going to be the most exciting uh, run of episodes we've had yet. Because the truth is, uh, I guess I put it that way. It's that there's there's nothing left to hold back. There's no reason to hold anything back now. Uh, not that I feel like we've particularly held back in the past, but uh, we're we're at a dead run now. From now on, with these we've final eight what, hours, three hundred and three hundred and forty minutes or something to go or something. It's you like know, forty-seven it, times it's eight a, or it, eight. It's like a that. blessing and a curse. You think to yourself, we can really pull out all the stops, but then you think, you know, God, what if we leave something? What if we leave something on the field? You know, what if we? Uh, you know, no. Wait, what's the expression? Money I, on the table. We'll, we'll leave money on the table. What? What? What if we? Uh, what if we don't? My mortal fear is to wake up a year and a half from now and say, "Oh shit, that's what we should have done." I for, we forgot this. You know, so that's that's the uh, that's the endeavor now is to to make sure that we we get it all in there as best we can. But there's nothing. There's no reason now for uh, for any longer to hold back anything. Just well, 100, you, 100 miles an hour. You know. Do you have onward. over the over the last like? Four and a half seasons. Do you have any regrets up till now? No, I mean this is this this show has just been a blessing, and it has been blessed. It just feels it feels like winning the lottery. It feels like pulling that uh, handle and and at the on the uh, slot machine in Las Vegas and coming up all cherries. I mean, has it's that just, happened to you? No, but I can imagine. <laughs> but I mean, I can imagine what that would be like. It, it's this feels like lightning in a bottle. The so only he, thing that I worry going forward is uh, you know. I still got a few years left of me. I hope, <laughs> I, you know. How do you? How do you? How do you? When you've been spoiled by having this wonderful bunch of writers and wonderful directors and wonderful actors and editors and crew, everybody in front of the camera and behind the camera on this show, in pre and production and post production, and and it's just been a just a, been a, a charmed uh, show from day one, where all the pieces fell into place like. Uh, the tumblers and a bank vault, you know, <laughs> unlocking, and it's just been beautiful. And you go forward after this, and you say, you know, how, how do you recreate this again, except with a whole different bunch of people and a whole different cast of actors and a whole different plot? And you worry that you don't. So that's 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 one of the big fears, you know. But you haven't had any regrets from the past. This from these. Yeah, if I had one, if I had one, it's that uh, I didn't get to spend more time on the set, that ah, I didn't, okay. that I worry too much and enjoy too little. Okay. I, you know, I had that on the X Files too. When it, once it was over, I was like, I really enjoyed that. And my girlfriend Holly would say, "Bullshit, you did. You complain every minute of the day for the last seven years." You know, and it's just you know, you shouldn't live your life enjoying things only in hindsight. But sometimes I feel like I do. But as far as like the the 
content of the show where you're like worried that you're going to leave something. You're, you're worried that you're not going to dot every I or cross every T or do you have any regrets so far nah. as far as content? No, nah, not really. I think good. we're in pretty good shape. Because well, then with all you the don't great need to worry about the next date then. You're fine. All right. Well, that's good advice. That is good <laughs> advice. Yeah. All right, then. All right. Everybody out there, I hope that uh, that you've enjoyed it. I've heard, I hope that you've enjoyed the seasons, uh, and I hope that you've enjoyed the podcast. So, everybody, go break bad, <laughs> and thanks a lot. <laughs>